desert in the great American Southwest. I bid you all good evening or good morning, as the case may be, across all these many, many time zones, stretching from the Hawaiian and Tahitian island chains with visions of dancing exotic ladies, all the way across this great nation to the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, very similar visions there, south into South America, north all the way to Santa Country, actually to the pole, and worldwide on the Internet. That's a lot, huh? Good morning, everybody. This is Coast to Coast AM. I'm Art Bell, and this morning, Willie Nelson is here. <laughs> so that's what's coming up. All right, well, this should be interesting. He lives, I think, more in his bus than he does in a big house that he's got somewhere, if I remember the 60 Minutes piece right. And right now, I think he's in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and he's Willie Nelson. And Willie, welcome to the program. Thanks, Art. How you doing? I'm doing real well. Um, my wife, just a few minutes ago, I do the show from home, Willie. Yeah. And uh, before we went on the air, she said, well... The way you two guys feel about women, you ought to have, you ought to hit it off just fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it's great to have you. And I guess what I would like to know, uh, Willie, is about you. You know, um, I I've achieved some success. I'm 51 years old now. Uh, later in life, and people always think, you know, that it comes right away. When uh, when did it come to you? Honestly, when I first made a little money playing music. I felt like that I was successful. Hmm. Uh, I had I, been doing a lot of hard work like picking cotton, corn, and baling hay for a uh, little money. When I first went out and made $8 playing with this Bohemian polka band when I was like nine years old, I figured that I'd hit the big time. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been a star ever since. Uh, so... Uh, so, in other words, whenever you were working, as far as you're concerned, you were a star. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I felt like it. Uh, people were coming up wanting my autograph, and so even though it might have been just two people in six years. Well, <laughs> Maybe I might have asked, asked it a different way. When did the IRS figure out you were a star? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see. The uh, It took 14 years. When they first decided that maybe they would check in and see how Willie was doing. They, it was. Uh, it took 14 years from that date before they finally decided. Well, let's go in and uh, and, and take, you know, what we can get. Uh, but at that point, they said I owed them 32 million dollars. Yeah, 32 million dollars. Yeah. 32 million dollars. Have to say it real fast. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, 32 million dollars. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I saw the piece on 60 Minutes. Uh, Few weeks ago, yeah, and it was good. By the way, uh, did you en did you enjoy doing that? Oh yeah, I, I really did. Uh, Ed Bradley is a really nice guy, and all the guys who worked on uh, we did about three different sessions. They came to Farm Aid, and they came to a place down in uh, Texas uh, at Halotis, Texas, a place called John T. Flores Country Store, and they came down and shot the concert. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, uh, I've got to, I'm going to tell you the truth, Willie. I was never, uh, my early years in radio, and I, I've been in it like 30 years, you know, spinning records early on, that kind of thing. And I was into rock, and uh, I was never a fan of country. Yeah. And one time, um, in, in a little California town, uh, in, in Santa Barbara, there was no other job available. So I went and took a job as a country jock. And I was like a fish out of water. You know, I didn't know the music. Yeah. I didn't know anything, and when I first got there, 
I hated it. I hated it because I, I just didn't know the music. But then a funny thing began to happen, you know, as the months went by. I slowly and slowly and slowly began to say, you know, this is pretty good. And then pretty soon I was really liking some of it. And then I was really enjoying it. And I thought, oh, God, what's happened to me? I've completely changed. And, and so it's just it's like a matter of exposure. Uh, after a while, uh, I think it happens with nearly any good music. Uh, it's like a fine wine, you know, it, it, once you acquire the taste. Yeah, and if you're exposed to it over a period of time. Uh, that, that's what happened to me. Every day I was exposed. <laughs> I finally got to where I was loving, loving country, and there was all kinds of uh, songs that I was enjoying. And um, I'm kind of curious. How did you, uh, you even find out about me? Well... We travel all the time, and uh, most of our travels are after the show at night. We normally will get on the bus and uh, drive to the next town, which might be four, five, six hundred miles away. And uh, Gator, the driver, uh, listens to you all the time. Thank you, Gator. He's, he's got you on, you know, it's, and uh, he's even got all your schedules, and he looks up where you are, I mean, on what frequency in this town and that town. Sure. And so... Uh, uh, he got us all to listen to you, and uh, now we're all <laughs> big fans. Um, I, um, I, I've got an email here I'd like to read you. It says, uh, Art, it's early Friday morning, sitting in my office listening to Highwaymen. The road goes on forever, and deep in reflection, ask Willie about playing at the Ferguson Unit, Texas Department of Corrections in 1974 due, a, due to a bout with juvenile insanity. Uh, I remember that myself. I found myself there at a, at Christmas time that particular year. Willie and his sister Bobby played a concert there that made my situation tolerable. Many years later, I got the opportunity to thank Bobby, but never did get a chance to thank Willie as he got off the stage quick in Mexia, Texas. Art Willie has given a lot of his time and money just to brighten up those uh, whose lives are, at least for the moment, somewhat less than positive. Thanks, Willie, from Tim. Do you remember doing that? Yeah, sure do. Uh, we went down there. It was uh, a friend of ours uh, that was uh, serving some time down there, a guy named Sam Coleman. And, uh, we went down there to do a show for him and, you know, the other uh, inmates down there. Um, there's a... Uh, might as well talk about it. There's been a lot of women in your life, Willie. There's been a few in mine. Um what what's your attitude after all this time uh, about women in general? You know, as you get older, you start to change your attitudes a little bit. Uh, how do you feel no, about it? No, 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 I don't. I haven't changed my attitude at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Huh? No, no, that that would never happen. Um, then then how how would you describe it? One of uh, I'll let you. One of admiration. Admiration. I feel exactly the same way. Yeah. Uh, the first country person that I really met who I had a great deal of admiration for was Crystal Gale and I yeah, I got to meet Crystal uh, in Las Vegas a few months ago got some pictures with her and stuff and I'm so proud of that I've got it on the wall here she's a great she's beautiful yeah oh she certainly is um, and so I, I I guess that's the right word I've got a lot of admiration for women too all right you're doing a lot of work for the American farmers um what really is the situation now with a small family farmer? I mean, things are really changing, aren't they? Well, yeah, let me give you an example of what they once were. 
uh, we used to have over 8 million small family farmers, and this was like 40 years ago. Uh, now we're down to less than 2 million wow. small family farmers, and we're losing 500 a week. Uh, we had a couple of thousand uh, black minority landowners and farmers left. Uh, in a couple of years, there won't be any of those left. Uh, Native Americans are losing land. We're all, everybody's losing land. Yeah. Uh, there's a big land grab going on. Uh, that, was, that was what it was all about from the beginning, is to get the land. A lot of the farmers were talked into, uh, a lot of the young, you know, farmers just getting into it uh, were talked into uh, at one point a few years ago and when things were looking great overseas to plant from fence post to fence post and they were uh, encouraged to come in to the banker the friendly banker who was going to loan them the money they needed maybe 5000 the banker would give them 20000 right so then when it come due and they didn't have the money to pay for it it wasn't the same friendly banker the land now belongs to the bank. It's not the way it used to be where uh, they'll give you uh, more time. Uh, now they want the land. Uh, the old friendly banker is gone. <laughs> yeah, you think you think that was a large orchestrated uh, yeah. movement? Yeah, and it's still going on. That's why we're still losing 500 a week. That's why the farmer is not making enough money to make his payment. Uh, that's how you take something away from somebody is to cut their income where they, <laughs> you know, where they can't make their payments. All right, we're a big country, and our country seems like it feeds a lot of the rest of the world. Uh, these big corporate farms uh, achieve some of that. There are some people out there who always might say, uh, if the small American farm, you know, family farm goes away, uh, it won't affect them. They'll continue to eat. Why should the American people care? First of all, you need someone on the land who loves the land. That's important. I believe that. Have someone there who feeds his family from the land, who drinks the water from the well. There's a good chance he will take better care of that soil than some big corporate conglomeration whose owners are somewhere in Spain on a boat or something. They could give a, a damn less about what's happening to that soil. Every civilization that's gone under in the past has gone under for the inability to feed its people. Uh, soil erosion. Now, the state of Iowa, in the last hundred years, has lost fifty percent of its topsoil. So it doesn't take a, a you know a great mathematician to figure it all out. Uh, you know, you're right about that, and uh, I don't know how much you get a chance to hear, but there's some pretty horrible things going on in a lot of our waterways right now because of, of mass use of pesticides and other things that appeared to be activating uh, organisms that are eventually not going to be real friendly to people at all? Most farmers who had to use chemicals and pesticides have, have done it because their loaning institutes made them do it so that they would be sure to get enough yield per acre mm -hmm. to make their loan payment back. They didn't care that they were ruining the soil. Uh, they didn't care anything about that. No, they care about the bottom line. The bottom line. So what's happening is all the pesticides and all the chemicals uh, that we've been putting on our lawns, golf courses, and farms, uh, now uh, a lot of it we saw going down the rivers, uh, you know, headed toward the ocean. 
full of chemicals and pesticides going right back into the ocean into our food chain again. Yeah, there's some scary things beginning to happen, uh, Willie. Uh, there's this new organism that's about half plant, half animal, and it lies dormant apparently at the bottom of waterways. And then when enough pesticides, like a lawyer. when enough pesticides, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both bottom feeders. Uh, anyway, when enough of something awful gets to it, it activates and uh, it begins first killing the fish and the plankton, and then um, uh, it it uh, is shown a definite desire for human blood as well. Uh, so it's like we're doing it to ourselves, and I'm kind of worried that um, at some point we're going to go past the point of no return. Yeah, we may have already. Well, I, that's my view. We may have already. I, I don't like to seem real negative about things, and you always want to try and do what's right. But we may have gone too far already. And I, I don't know how you turn it around. I mean, industrial farming is increasing. The small farmer is going away. It's happening more and more and more. How do you turn that around? Now we have what they call factory farms, yep. where you'll have 100,000 hogs uh, in, uh, in a small farm community. Uh, then you'll have 100,000 chickens laying a million eggs, and then you've got uh, 10,000 cows. It's not the way nature intended it, where you a farm, uh, you have a two, 300-acre farm, and you have a little this. You have chickens, cows, hogs. Uh, that's the way it's supposed to be because that way the environment can handle it. But when you put that much hog manure running off of small areas into land and water and, and supplies around small communities, it's a horrible situation. We've uh, I've gone to two, three maybe now different places in the country where farmers and people uh, who live next to these factories have called me and told me how horrible it was. We'd go in there. And we try to call attention to it. In a lot of instances, in a couple of instances, we have uh, got those factory farms uh, uh, closed. And in some instances, we have them being sued or moved. So it can be done, but it's a horrible way to treat the people, first of all, and then the land itself. And then the animals themselves, that's an inhumane way to raise chickens, hogs, or cattle. Well, um, that's that's, that's the problem they're having down in North Carolina right now. Very severe problem in North and Carolina. And Missouri and Nebraska. I mean, it's everywhere it's happening, but uh, in North South Carolina, it's, it's, it's the limelight now. The people down there are fighting it, and there's some great guys down there really working hard to keep it from happening, you know. Um, i I got to presume, since you did this song that I love so much, the high one. God, I love that song. Okay. Um, that song. Jimmy Webb wrote it. Jimmy Webb? Jimmy Webb wrote that song. And uh, what got... All of you, uh, I mean, that's quite quite a collection of uh, the big names, Waylon Jennings, you, Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson. What got you all together? Well, it started out that uh, John was doing uh, a Christmas show in uh, Switzerland. And he had asked Waylon and me and Chris to come over and be on the show. And, uh, in fact, uh, we were having our pictures made, uh, the photo session, and the photographer uh, asked uh, Waylon, said, what are y'all going to uh, Switzerland for to do a Christmas show? And Waylon said, because that's where Jesus was born. And the guy said, okay. Okay. <laughs> and went on, you know, he never thought it. But anyway, we went over there to do this Christmas show with John and June, and uh, we had a lot of fun, and we decided maybe uh, when John came back, he was going to do an album. 
So he wanted me to go in and sing some songs with him. So then we got in there, and uh, uh, Waylon and Chris showed up, Johnny Rodriguez, and we started recording. Um, the Highwayman, the lead song, that's uh, that's about reincarnation. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you well, I, I believe in that 100%. I think that's the only thing that makes sense. Uh, you know, we all going to school out here. This is a university, and uh, we're, in, we're in a rather low grade at the moment. <laughs> Hopefully we'll graduate to higher grades, but right now uh, everyone is going to, and everyone is in a different grade. So uh, as you progress and as you learn your lessons, uh, I think you progress and you go on to other do other things and become a better person or a better spirit wherever, but I do believe in uh, reincarnation. I thought you might. I do, too. Um, I, I'm real concerned about the level of uh, the grade level, uh, as you pointed out, that we're at right now. You know, there's a lot of... seems like uh, there's not much reverence for life out there anymore, and it's getting to be less, not more. Uh, a lot of blank-eyed kids um, out there committing crimes and you know, one of my favorite examples is when somebody used to go in to rob a 7-Eleven or something, yeah. they'd go in with a gun, say, give me your money, and the guy would give him the money and put it in a bag. He'd go run, get in a car, and take off. Now uh, they go in with a gun to rob 7-Eleven, say, give me your money, and they get the money and shoot the guy in the head as an afterthought and get in the car and drive away. Yeah. Uh, it's like nobody cares about life, or there are so many, there are fewer people now that, that care at all about life, theirs or anybody else's. What is that from? Why is our society changing like this? Our values have changed. Uh, you know, the, uh, the do unto others, the golden rule has sort of been uh, forgotten. Uh, so I think that's what's happened. It's more like uh, do unto others for they do unto you. There you go. <laughs> um, so how, you know, like how do you fit working with farmers um, doing that kind of work into the kind of schedule that you keep. And I, I guess, what is your schedule like anyway? Um, you're doing a show about every day or every other day or what? Well, we do a couple hundred shows a year. And, oh. uh, so we're out here a whole lot. We listen to you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm asking is, how do you fit good work into 200 shows a year? Well, I try to do a better show tonight than I did last. Uh, and tomorrow night I'll try to do a better one than I did tonight. Uh, in each town, it's different. Each show is different. Each you got a different crowd. Yeah. You're in a different mood. Uh, everyone on the stage is a you know a, a different person. They're 24 hours older, <laughs> so everybody's different. So in order to get back to exactly where you were or close to where you were the night before. It requires, you know, it's a challenge. So every day is a challenge to do uh, as good as you can do. I hear that. Actually, I want to talk to you about that a little bit. We're at the bottom of the hour, so just just relax. You've got several minutes. We'll be right back to you. Back down to Willie Nelson. Willie. Hey. Um, let's talk about performing a little bit, because that's something at least I know about in a, in a sense. Uh, you know, I come on here and do this for five hours every night. And what I found is, because I love what I do, 98 or 9 percent of the time, I come on and I do a show, and it's just like falling off a log. I mean, all I do is come on there and have fun, and it comes naturally. 
and then maybe about one or two percent of the time it's hard and you know maybe i'm having a bad day or my biorhythm is not just right or something or another and you gotta push you know you gotta push to make it happen and then if i don't feel right after a program that i didn't do what i wanted to do i beat myself up real hard <laughs> mentally uh... is it like that for you well i really get a lot of energy from the show itself there i feel like there's a huge energy exchange between the band uh... you know us and the audience and i get charged up they get charged up and that stays with me uh, i don't ever ever go back to where i was you know <laughs> Because I'm, I'm going back to another spot tomorrow night. But tonight I got in a place where I've never been before. I mean, it was a lot of energy there going back and forth. And I'm still charged up over it. I had a great time. Yeah, I hear you. But once in a while, there, once in a while, with 200 times every year, there's got to be a day when you had to push to do it. Oh, yeah. Some days it's work. Yeah, some days, some days it's, it's work. Exactly. You know, and, and and you never know when those days are coming. That's the bad part. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. They sneak up on you. They really do. Listen, um, in your interview on 60 Minutes, um, you revealed that you smoke pot. Yeah. I, uh, I for years, um, I've said I thought pot ought to be decriminalized, legalized. Right. And this fits right in with a, with a small farmer because... There's a lot of farmers right now down through, uh, uh, well, actually all over America, but um, in the mountains in the east especially, that are growing pot. Uh, I think it's number one cash crop in California. Um, you know, I think it was, I think it was um, the Wall Street Journal a couple of years ago ran an article and said that if we were to legalize pot in all its forms, hemp, for use uh, commercially in, in pot, the government would derive about $500 billion a year uh, just from allowing that to occur. How do you feel about that? We could balance the budget in 20 minutes if, we, if, you, if you just passed the law where everyone could grow and uh, every business that uh, was hemp-related could go ahead. At one time, the American government encouraged our farmers to grow hemp. Uh, even after they made it illegal back in 1937 uh, by throwing it in with a lot of hard drugs like heroin and cocaine, yeah. even when they did that, uh, they made it illegal, and then nobody could uh, use it. And the doctors who had been using it uh, had been calling it cannabis. So they were uh, upset when they heard that marijuana and cannabis was the same thing. When they made marijuana illegal, they also made cannabis illegal. So the doctors who had been prescribing various, uh, you know, medicines uh, using cannabis now had to quit. And then, what did our government do? Uh, I'm in what uh, seventh or eighth grade in Abbott in school, and the war is breaking out. And all of a sudden, we're out in the gymnasium making rope out of hemp. They'd made it legal again, and they encouraged our farmers to grow hemp uh, for the war. And uh, so we do have a rather uh, a double standard on the issue. It's all politics. If there wasn't so much competition, if hemp didn't replace so many things that uh, uh, I think are, are bad for the, for the country or for the land itself, the petrochemicals that we have. You know, when hemp came, uh, when petrochemicals came along, when plastics came along, uh, 
uh, they replaced everything that was being made by hemp, from cellophane to dynamite. Uh, the first Levi's in this country was made out of hemp. Is that right? Yeah, the, the paper that the Declaration of, of, of Independence was written on was made out of hemp paper. Yep, that one I knew about. The sails on the ships that sailed around the world were made out of uh, canvas. That's where the word canvas comes from. Our covered wagons uh, were made out of canvas. This is a great product. It's a very strong, durable product, and but it's also competition to other textiles. So... Uh, the paper industry uh, didn't want marijuana made legal because hemp is a big uh, uh, competitor to the tree, the wood industry. Uh, the William Randolph Hearst people, who own millions of acres of trees all over the world, wanted to make marijuana illegal because one acre of hemp is equivalent to four acres of trees. You can take the biomass from hemp. And you can build houses with it. You can do everything, make paper out of it. Everything you were doing out of our trees and the, the rainforest could not, could be done and used to be done with hemp. Well, so then why are we so far out of our minds that we're allowing these industrial interests and politicians with their agenda to stop this? I mean, we're really out of our minds. Well, of course we are. Uh, and I think that... Uh, there's a few positive things that have been happening. California and Arizona, uh, you know, came with some initiatives that passed, and the people there are uh, are beginning to uh, really snap to what's going on and the big conspiracy over the 50, last 50 years, uh, the wool that they pulled over everyone's eyes just to protect the petrochemical industry. Everything that was made out of hemp is now being made out of plastic. Um. Yeah, that's right. I guess that's a that's a lot of money. Uh, you know, I sort of figured years ago. I remember they sort of toyed with the idea of uh, uh, legalizing marijuana, and then we had several Republican administrations, and marijuana got lumped right back in there with all the other hard drugs. And I I always thought Willie that was the most dangerous thing in the world because some little kid somewhere, twelve, thirteen years old, smokes a joint. He finds out he doesn't go out on a rampage. He finds out his brain is not fried eggs. He finds out he was lied to, and so then uh, this little guy, lied to once, finds it pretty easy to try the next thing up the ladder, and and then he's in trouble. Uh, that I'm sure that's happened. Uh, just because he was lied to and he couldn't believe what he's been told anymore. Yeah. So somebody li lines out some coke for him, and away he goes. You know, and that's that. Yeah, and, and I really believe it's. Uh... Uh, it, it's wrong for a parent to stand there with a cigarette in your hand and a drink of, uh, you know, shot of whiskey in your hand and tell kids to put that joint down. You know, I mean, there's something. <laughs> I mean, there's people dying all over the world from cigarettes and alcohol, and nobody right. yet has ever died or uh, from from uh, smoking pot. I believe that actually is accurate. That really is accurate. Nobody's died. No, unless a bale of it fell on them or something. <laughs> <laughs> if um, if if it were uh, legalized, uh, wouldn't that do an awful lot for the small farmer? It absolutely would. It would open up so many new ways for this guy to to make uh, to make it. I mean, they've done nothing but take ways away from him now. Uh, Kentucky used to be the greatest uh, uh, hemp growing uh, state that we had, and when you took that away from the farmers. Well, they, now that you know they started growing tobacco, but but uh, if they were allowed to grow hemp, 
they could make so much more money. Mm -hmm. Well, as I said, there were a number of Republican administrations, and uh, and I kind of figured, and I think a lot of other people figured, first time we got a Democrat in office, probably he would uh, legalize or decriminalize pot. Uh, but then we've got this President Clinton, uh, who I think puffed but didn't inhale or whatever it is, and it seems like he got himself stuck in a position where he can't, he can't make any moves politically. <laughs> I'd give anything if he didn't inhale. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you think it'd be a different country right now? I think it'd be. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe it'll happen eventually. I don't know. What what it takes, I think, is people speaking uh, the truth about it uh, and combating uh, the image that they put on TV and uh, and everywhere else, and at least telling the truth. That's all I ask is tell the truth. Well, you know, it's such a politically suicidal issue. Uh, politicians believe that they don't want to take a stand on it. Uh, that's the reason. That I'm sure our president doesn't admit that he might have inhaled because at the time he felt like it might have cost him an election. And there's a lot of other politicians out there who would not come out of the closet for the same reason. They don't want to lose voters. Yeah, that's and, right. And it's uh, it's being really dishonest, but so what's new? <laughs> yeah, that is, in fact, um, that's, that's almost worth asking about, too. Um, I used to talk about politics. You know, a lot. Um, and I was very involved and very much an activist. And it seems like in the last uh, several years, maybe two or three years, um, all of a sudden, everything they're talking about in Washington, or most of what they're talking about in Washington, isn't, or arguing about in Washington, isn't even relevant to our lives. I mean, they're academic, um, I'm right, you're right, left, right, arguments that just aren't relevant to our immediate lives anymore and so i kind of stopped talking about politics as much as i used to it's, it's just it's not important i mean it is important if they ever really did anything important yeah if if the government acted and worked the way that we all thought it was was doing <laughs> well then it would be a good thing uh, but the way it is working is that it's uh, working for its own selfish interests and has doesn't have the people's interests at heart, and it doesn't take a, a real smart guy to figure that one out. Uh, tell me something. This place you live in, this bus, yeah. what's it like? I mean, it's home. It's home most of the year, right? Yeah, it's got it's got everything I need. Uh, we're parked outside the motel now, uh, but I'm not going inside. I'm, I stay here. I live on the bus. I'll go in, maybe. <laughs> so your crew goes into the motel? Yeah. And you stay on the bus? Yeah. <laughs> um, are you are you in your private life different than you are in your public life? I mean, you know, more private? Uh, I've heard about private life before, but <laughs> <laughs> I've never really experienced it. And because in the beginning, I didn't really want it. And, uh, you know, you start out wanting, you know, to be known and liked by everybody when you're an entertainer. And then once you get that, you start trying to figure out how to hide and get away from the people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I dearly love my fans, but it's like most of my life is radio, like most of your life is music. Yeah. And um, so it begins to take over your life. And whatever private moments you have 
are really get to be few and far between. Yeah, and I think that's a decision that we make uh, when we get into the business that we're in. We give up our uh, our private life. Uh, uh, that's whether we wanted to or not, or whether we say we're going to or not. It's immaterial because you do. No, I made that deal with myself. I mean, I, I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. And I figure you do, did too. Yeah, I did too. And I didn't start out, you know, trying to uh, kid myself into thinking that I could do this different than anybody else has ever done it. I mean, if when you're trying to balance a, a, a job on the road and a home a thousand miles away, you're going to have some problems. Are you married now? Yeah. You are? Yeah. Uh, how does that work? I mean, 200 days... Well, I've been this, I've been married four times now, so. Uh, well, I mean, how does it work this time? <laughs> this time, <laughs> it's working fine uh, now. This is uh, it's been a good one. And, uh, it, it's working fine, but it does require a certain kind of person who can uh, uh, live with the things that uh, they have to live with. Not only me living away from home, uh, and then when I'm home. You have mixed emotions. When when you're here, you want to be home. When you're home, you want to be here. So you're a little bit unhappy everywhere. And you have to have a woman who understands that. You uh, you love the road? Sure. Where is your wife? Uh, what part of the world? Texas. Texas. Figure she's listening to you? Probably not. She she runs a Montessori school there in Texas, and, uh, and uh, you know, she's probably in bed sleeping. In bed sleeping, yeah. Um. My wife is, you know, I believe in the soulmate thing. Mm-hmm. I do too. And, uh, and boy, is she my soulmate. But she understands the way I feel about women. And when there's a pretty woman around, she points her out to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an understanding woman. Yeah. Most women would say, you, you don't look there. <laughs> yeah. Don't look there. Well, you know, there, there are some uh, understanding women out there. Uh, God bless them. Yeah, indeed, God bless them. Listen, country music in general, what's happening? Is is country music becoming more popular? Uh, is it waning? What what do you sense is happening, not just with you, I mean the, the whole industry? Oh, it's growing. It, it's, uh, there, I have never yet met anybody who became a country music fan and then left it. Uh, so anybody who was one 50 years ago is still one today. You may not be able to turn on the radio and hear his kind of country music, but uh, he's still a fan. And then there's the new fans uh, who have picked up their uh, heroes along the way, you know, the, from Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks, all these guys. There's millions and millions of new fans out there. So I, I see the country music as healthy as ever been or healthier. So that means there's a lot of new blood coming in. In other words, there's there's another Willie Nelson uh, out, <laughs> out there somewhere. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, but there, there, you know, somewhere out there, there's uh, you know a whole lot of guys headed toward Nashville, uh, you know, with a pickup truck full of songs. Uh, some of them will be great. What do you say to those people? You know, I I encounter people wanting to be in my business all the time, and I'm always kind of at a loss to tell them or to advise them, uh, and I'm sure you get a million people ask you that question, so maybe you can answer a million questions at once now. Somebody who wants to be a Willie Nelson someday, uh, at least from a, a, a career point of view, um, what do you tell them? Well, I tell them if they really want to be something, they can be it, be that, and if they really have the talent, then there's nothing that can keep them from being that. 
and regardless of the advice I give them, uh, if they really want to do something, uh, they're going to do it on their own. Uh, I believe, you know, the old, uh, uh, you know, if you build a house of quality in the woods, the world will be the path to your door. Mm -hmm. I really believe in that one. Well, to me, uh, I had a passion for what I wanted to do, and, uh, and I loved doing it, and I never really expected anything to come of it, and I didn't care, if you want to know the truth. You know, money-wise, yeah. I never figured to make much money. Uh, most people in radio don't. Uh, probably most people uh, uh, sing in music, uh, you know, and uh, little places every night, they don't make a lot of money either. And the key is not to care. And then somehow or another, when you don't care, it all works. Yeah. That's absolutely. weird, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Basically, the same thing happened to my career when I left Nashville and sort of gave up and decided that maybe, uh, you know, a singing career of traveling around the world wasn't for me, so I moved back to Texas and said, well, you know, I'm just going to play where I want to play and uh, do what I want to do and not really care what happens. And all of a sudden, uh, everything started happening. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. It's, it's like when you relax and you don't give a damn, then, then it all just flows and it all happens. Yeah, you play golf. Um, I, I do not, but um, I, I imagine that rule applies with golf. It really applies with golf. If you get up over the ball and stand there and worry about all the things that could happen wrong... <laughs> they do. They happen. <laughs> yeah, and if you just relax, take a little advice, and uh, and go at it, why, the ball goes pretty much where you want it to go, I guess. Yeah, if you just shut everything out and swing, well, then uh, let your natural uh, instincts take over, and uh, you'll be fine. Uh-huh. Um, Listen, how are you doing on time? I, I'm coming slowly here toward the top of the hour, and there's about a million phones ringing here, and a lot of people, I'm sure, would love to ask you questions. Well, I'm, uh, I'm here. You're there, huh? Yeah, whatever. Um, when you're in the bus, are you pretty much, uh, you know, everybody else has gone to the motel? I mean, you're in there alone? Well, right now, my sister, uh, who plays piano in the band, and uh, is, is here, and she has some earphones on, and she's listening to, uh, to us talk, and David Anderson... I think uh, email to your uh, address some information. He's here listening, and Gator has got his earphones on listening. I see. Um, how is it working such close quarters all the time? I mean, uh, you got to be almost well. Actually, some of some of the people are your family, but aside from that, it's got to be almost like a family, doesn't it? It has to be. Yeah. You, you, when you live this close, it's like living in a submarine. You know, you you really got to uh, have people who how to live close together. Um, does it always work, or like all families, do you guys sometimes get in fights? Well, fortunately, we you know we don't get in the kind of fights that we used to get into. Now it's mostly you know drive-by shoutings. <laughs> drive-by shoutings. <laughs> uh, all right, excellent. Uh, what I'm going to do then is ask you to sit tight. You've got plenty of time. Just relax. Do whatever you want to do, and we'll come back to you, and we'll get phones open uh, after the top of the hour, because I know a lot of people want to ask you questions. So. Right, sure. All right, stay right there. Uh, Willie Nelson. Morning, everybody. This is Coast to Coast AM. I'm Art Bell. My guest is Willie Nelson. And you know me. I can't resist. Willie's here, and here's Willie. Highwayman. I was a highwayman 
along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The bastards hung me in the spring of 25 But I am still alive I was a sailor I was born upon the tide With the sea I did abide I sailed a schooner around the Horn of Mexico I went aloft to furl the mainsail in a blow And when the yards broke off, they said that I got killed But I'm living still I was a dam builder Across the river deep and wide Where steel and water did collide A place called Boulder on the wild Colorado I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below They buried me in that great tomb that knows no sound But I'm still around I'll always be around and around and around and around Fly a starship across the universe divide And when I reach the other side I'll find a place to rest my spirit if I can Perhaps I may become a highwayman again Or I may simply be a single drop of rain Oh my, I love this song. I love this song. Willie, uh, welcome back. Thanks. Um, I've got a couple of commercials, but I wanted to ask you right out of that. How did you guys decide where you were going to sing, what part you were going to sing, and how did that song even happen? Well, the uh, producer of the uh, album, first Highwayman album, Highwayman was uh, a guy named Chip Smallman, great producer, good musician, great writer himself. So we left a lot of those decisions up to him rather than, you know, uh, us sit around because we knew what he was really trying to get, so we let him make most of those choices. All right. I've got to ask you to stay good and close to that cellular of yours. Um I I don't know. It's it's one of those songs, Willie, that, um, you know, sometimes uh, what I do here is real stressful. And um, toward the end of the program, um, I'll play that, and it calms me. Music music does that to you uh, if it's really meaningful. Like, that song is really meaningful to me, and uh, it, it calms me. Yeah, I think that's absolutely why the juice box plays in, in, in the beer joints and lounges and clubs around the world, because... Music has a calming effect on 
it brings you back to your center, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Willie, hold on. We're going to go to the phones in a moment. Back now to Willie Nelson. Uh, Willie, i got a couple of faxes I want to read you questions, then we're going to go to the phones. All right. Um, it, this fax says, uh, I hate people who do this, but I'm reading it anyway. It says, Art Bell staff hasn't got one cojone if you don't ask Willie this question. Uh, Willie, I've been from Orange to El Paso, from McAllen to Denton, and I still ain't figured out how to beat the IRS. I ain't saying you beat a damn thing. I know that's a sore point, but it's the thing everybody wants to hear about. I don't know what they want to hear about, uh, Willie, but uh, that's the question. How did I beat the IRS? I didn't. You pretty much paid them, didn't you? I paid them, yeah. Yeah, so um, there's your answer, whoever you are out there. Um, now, ask Willie, what is the brand and model of guitar he plays, and when and how did he get the extra hole in the top, and can he give a recommendation for someone who wants to graduate from a cheap guitar to a good one? Uh, that guitar is a Martin classical guitar, and I've had it for about 35 years. And those guitars normally, you're supposed to use a, a pick guard on those uh, classical guitars. But uh, this one, if you're going to use a pick, you use a pick guard. But I, I didn't have a pick guard, so my my uh, fingers uh, just play it and uh, play, I guess, Whiskey River too many times or something. <laughs> Wore a hole in that guitar, and it's just gotten bigger and bigger every year. I've had to go in there and reinforce it on the inside uh, a couple of times, and uh, but I don't think it affects the tone. No, um, is it is it one of those things uh, that I mean, like if all of a sudden you didn't have it, would that be real bad? Yeah, it would be real bad because it's uh, uh, it's the sound that I really have grown to love. It's the best uh, guitar sound for me uh, that I've ever found. So you're real careful with it then? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, one more. Uh, please ask Willie to say a few words about Patsy Cline. Well, first of all, Patsy Cline uh, was, you know, one of the greatest of our time. She recorded Crazy, a song that I wrote, uh, which went on. Her recording of it became the Best all-time jukebox song. It played more than any other song in the world ever. You know, I love Patsy. Um, one last, I guess. Uh, this is for my audience. Uh, we talk about a lot of weird things on this program, Willie. Um, uh, it's somebody's understanding here that you're pretty close friends with Jimmy Carter. You know him pretty well? Yeah, sure do. When Jimmy Carter ran for office... Willie, he, he, he said to the American people as a campaign promise that when he got in office, he'd tell them everything there was to know about UFOs. Yeah. And um, he never, he sort of never got around to really discussing that. And I wonder, this person is wondering if he ever talked to you about that. No, we never talked about it. And uh, I really do believe that no matter, it's like a lot of other things that you think you might do when you get to Washington if you're elected. But when you get there, by the time you get there, You've had to make so many uh, deals deals along the way, compromises along the way, that anything, any promise that you made, you're liable not to be able to keep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, this. it seems like, uh, you know, such a great country, and uh, we really do have a lot of freedom, but there's some basic things that are really wrong, and that's one of them. 
And it applies not just to the president, but it applies to all of our government. And uh, I just don't know what we're going to do about that, because it seems like it's getting worse, not better. It's Big Brother looking after us, you know. Yeah. You ever wonder what it's going to be like, uh, you know, for your children, um, for the next generation, generation after that, what this country, what the world is going to be like? Well, I, I think I, I know how... A, some people would like for it to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. But I don't think that everybody's going to lay down and roll over and let that happen. Uh, fortunate. But it seems like some things are headed uh, to this one world type deal, no matter what we do. I mean, it's headed in that direction. Well, it may be. And if that is the best way to run a planet... Maybe somewhere along the way in the future, they may come up with the idea that that is the best way to do it. Right now, I personally think the best way to do it is to let Art handle his business, Willie handle his, yeah. you know, uh, Waylon handle his, and, and not let one guy somewhere handle all our business. Yeah, and you know, I think that's why we're only around here for so long, because we wouldn't be able to stand it past a certain point. <laughs> Or they wouldn't be able to stand up. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the two. All right, let's see who we got. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Uh, good morning. Where are you, please? Hello. Hello. I'm Hello. from Roseburg, Oregon. Oregon, all right. Go ahead. Hi, Willie. Hey. Hey, well, my wife and I saw you and Eugene back in 1986. Oh, yeah. You played at MacArthur Court. Yeah. You haven't been back since. No. I used Missed to uh, I used to uh, live in Eugene. My mother uh, lived there, and I went to visit her there. Right, I think she. I think your mother died about a year later, up in uh, Olympia, Washington, or something. Uh, Gleed. Pardon? In Gleed, right across, right across from uh, uh, Portland, up there. Yeah, somewhere up up north there. Yeah. But you haven't been back since, and we really miss you. Up close to Yakima. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I haven't been there, and uh, I don't know why not. You know, maybe somebody will, uh, some promoter will bring us in there. Uh, maybe we're headed that way. I don't know. We played Portland and Seattle. Yeah, I and... think you were planned one time here in Roseburg, but then they canceled. But you know, Roseburg's not too adapt to uh, uh, really getting into big time operator operating music. You know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, we had really enjoyed the concert. And uh, Johnny, say hi to Willie. Hi, Willie. Hi, Joey. How you doing? Hey, how are you? We talked to you, Willie, at the uh, behind the concert. Yeah. We 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 were so shook up. You know, all we could say is we love you, Willie. <laughs> and I took your photograph. But hey, anyway, I wanted to say something. All right, go ahead. Uh, I wanted to, wanted to know when you have your next farm aid. Farm aid, farm aid will be October the fourth. Irving Stadium, right outside of Dallas, between Dallas and Fort Worth, where the Dallas Cowboys play. Uh, we had one farm aid there before, and it went well, and they invited us back. So we'll be back in there on October 4th. And by the way, I, I really appreciate, Willie, the invitation to be part of that. But as I told you, I'm going to, you know, October 1st, I'm taking off for Egypt and, and Greece and all those kinds of places. I understand. I understand. And, uh, and you said something to me on the phone. Uh, you said, well, I'm going to Egypt, too. Metaphorically, <laughs> you meant it. Uh, you, you got a break coming up at some point where you just sort of, like, disappear for a while. Well, I got a few days off, and uh, I'm planning on, uh, you know, heading to my hideout. Yeah, that's good. Uh, everybody's got to have a hideout. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Good morning. Hello. 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 Yeah, uh, Willie. Yes, sir. 
Really, this is Gary Unger, the real writer of Born in USA, almost titled God Bless USA. A very important question for you, and we love you here in Clinton, Iowa. Yes, sir. Okay, uh, how do you audition for farm aid if you've been sending for like 25 years? <laughs> uh, well, if you want to send a, a tape of what you do to uh, Farm Aid, Cambridge, Massachusetts, in care of Carolyn Mugar. Okay, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, do you have a zip code? Probably. I don't know what it is. It'll oh. get. It'll get there. Uh, it'll get or you, there. What, what you do is go to the post office okay. and they got a book. You look up a town. They'll give you the zip code. Okay, Cambridge, Massachusetts, Farm yeah. Aid, right? Yep. Right. Okay. Thank you very much, Willie. It's really nice talking to you. Thank you. Good luck. <laughs> Wild card line. You're on the air with Willie Nelson, who's in New Jersey. Hello. Hello, Mr. Bell. This is Robert. Uh, where are you, Robert? I'm in the San Joaquin Valley, listening on KFRE, sir. All right. Willie. Hey. Hey. How you doing? <laughs> what a thrill. Thank I got, you. I got two important questions to ask you, if I may. Yes, sir. But first of all, let me just say this to you. Uh, if we lived back in the days of horses, I would have been proud to ride with you. Yes, sir. I hear you. Same to you. <laughs> uh, my first question, out here in California, Fresno, you know, we had Garth Brooks here. We would sure love to see you here again. Well, I'd like to come through there. Oh, I hope you do, sir. My second question for your millions of fans, please consider being up on the big screen again. We'd love to see you on the screen. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a movie, now <laughs> since you brought it up, there's a movie coming out at the end of this month called Gone Fishing with uh, me and Joe Pesky and Danny great. Glover. Oh, that's great, Willie. Oh, no kidding. Uh, uh, Willie, do you like, uh, how do you feel about, uh, about, about uh, motion pictures, television, that kind of thing? Oh, I enjoy doing it. It's a, it's a lot of fun, especially, you know, if it's something that I think I can do. And if I can't, can't do it, then I'd rather not not even try it. What's know? Gone Fishing about? Gone Fishing is a comedy. Uh, Joe Pesci and Danny Glover are, grew up together in Connecticut, and uh, they uh, were always getting in trouble, and uh, they grew up fishing, became big fishing fans, and... Uh, they uh, came to Florida. They won a fishing contest, and they came to Florida, and it's a story of what all the trouble they get into in the Everglades. Uh, you know, I've done a little bit of television, and uh, what I want to ask you is this. It's like when I went and did some TV, um, I did my part, and I had no idea what the overall, what the overall picture was until I got to see it on TV myself. Yeah. You know, it's like it, I had my little isolated part, compartmentalized part, and I did that, and I didn't even know what the program was about till I got to see it. I guess it's a little different with a, a full motion picture. But do you get the feel of what you've done um, before it's done, uh, you know, before you get to see it on the screen yourself? Well, it happens both ways. You know, and some, if I get a chance to really uh, work with the actors and the script and everything, well, then that's one thing, but... Uh, and you're all shooting it there together and working together every day for weeks. But then when I did this King of the Hill show a few weeks ago, uh, we met somewhere in some hotel or something, some building somewhere, me and this guy, and I read my lines, and uh, uh, he faked everybody else's lines, and then they went somewhere else and put it all together. So. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea what that was going to look like until it came out. Yeah, and it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. First time caller line, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Where are you, please? Yeah, I'm Dave, and I'm in Long Beach, California. Hi, Dave. 
And I got a, a little story to relate to Willie, plus a question I'd like to ask him when I'm done. All right. Uh, I went to see you one time when you played in Laughlin, Nevada. Yeah. And my mother and I went over to see you, and we really enjoyed the show. Thank you. But before we went in to see the show, you had like a life-size cut-out poster of you standing in the lobby. And so I was taking a picture of my mother standing beside your poster. And some other lady came by and decided that I was you. And she wanted a picture of me with her. So my mother gladly took the camera and took a picture of me and her for her. Did you autograph it? And yes, but I autographed it David Mead, but I don't think she read it. She uh, just closed the book and ran off with a happy smile on her face. I guess she was happy that she got home and read the autograph. <laughs> That's funny. And my other question for you was, how do I get a job driving your tour bus? <laughs> uh, now, there's a threatening little remark for a guy who listens to my program. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the uh, the driver of this bus is a guy named Gator, and uh, first of all, you'd have to you'd have to whip him. Yeah, to get his I, job. I'd have to wait till he wasn't hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Willie, the, uh, the other people, uh, who, who work with you, like Gator, uh, who listens to this program, thank you, Gator, um, they really, they've got to be living the same kind of life you live, right? And they've got to enjoy it like you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a very gypsy-like, you know, lifestyle. And you have to love that. Listen, uh, country music, uh, the guy who called from Oregon, uh, are there places... Willie, that you go back to a whole lot, and then places you don't get to too frequently. Uh, is that the way it works, or are you like all over the place? Well, there are certain places that I really enjoy playing. That I, some of them that I've been playing since I really first started playing. Places like John T. Floors and Halotis, uh, and uh, well, there's maybe a few of those around the country. There's Dewey Groom Longhorn Club in Dallas. There was the, uh, now there's new big big beer joints, you know, opening up all over the country. But I, I like to go back to those old places that, uh, that I used to play because the atmosphere is still there. So you're comfortable. Makes yeah. you Makes you comfortable. I feel at home there in those places. Uh, what about these really big things, like where you've got concerts with a gazillion people out there? Is that harder? Well, it's different in a way. It's uh, Not as personal. It's not as personal and, uh, uh, as being close up with, uh, you know, two or three hundred people in a club. Yeah. It's a different atmosphere and there's a different energy exchange there. You have to, I guess, approach it a little different. I, I hear you. All right. Hold on. We're at the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. Willie Nelson is my guest. This is CBC. To Atlantic City where Willie's in his bus. Uh, do you call it a bus or do you call it your home? Bus. Bus. It is my home, but it's a bus. Uh-huh. Um, here's a question for you by fax. Please ask Willie, what drew him to the part in the film made about the American skydiving champion uh, stranded in Russia? Did you do a movie about that, something called Coming Out of the Ice? Yeah, with John Savage. It was a movie for, I think, CBS television. <laughs> and it was uh, several years ago, and uh, uh, we did that up in Finland. 
Finland. Yeah. That's, uh, I was in Finland uh, about a year ago. That's a really interesting part. What we, what's your impression of that part of the world? Oh, I love it. It's beautiful. I like uh, uh, all of that area up there. Um, I was in Helsinki, and um, it's an amazing part of the world. Uh, it really is an amazing... I mean, it's, it's old, but it's clean. And somehow, Willie, in our cities in America, when they get old, they're not clean. Yeah. No, I, I really do like uh, the places that I've been up in there. Uh, uh, Norway. I love Norway. Have you ever been there? I have. Same same kind of impression. Um, uh, uh, Copenhagen, even. Uh, all of those cities, somehow they're old, but they've aged gracefully. And I can't figure out how they've done that. You know, so, to be so old, most, so much stonework everywhere is a different kind of atmosphere. Uh, and yet they stay clean while our cities have kind of gone, a lot of them, some of them are all right, but a lot of them have sort of not aged very gracefully. I'm sort of partial to Amsterdam myself. Uh-huh. You like Amsterdam? Yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, west of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. How are you doing? Hello, Willie. My name is Daryl, and I'm calling from Seattle, Washington, about as far across the coast, uh, across the United States as we can get apart from each other right now. But I feel so close to you. I feel like you are a father figure to me. Um, you got a pioneer spirit, man. Um, you are what freedom is all about. And I really want to thank you for your stance on hemp because I'm a stone-cold hempster. I call talk radio shows every day of my life telling people that marijuana should be legal and that the farmers need this product and we need to save our forest. And I was wondering, have you ever met with Woody Harrelson? Yeah, and, uh, I know Woody. He's a good friend. Oh, man, he is such a great guy, too. You know, Woody Harrelson, you, I put you guys right up there with Mark Twain, man. I am so proud of you, and I will, I mean, when I see an eagle, I'm thinking about Willie Nelson. All right. Now, oh, man, um, we put on a little festival over here in Seattle. It gathers about 60,000 people a year. It's called the Seattle Hemp Fest. Right. And if you get a chance, I'd like you to take a look at those pictures on the Internet. They're easy to find. Just type in Seattle Hemp Fest on any, any search engine. You'll find them. And we would really, really love to just have your support in spirit. Or if you could send an email or a message to us around the Seattle Hemp Fest, we're going to have it in August. Oh man, I mean, be a lot of help. Uh, well, well, I tell you, for sure, you got uh, you got my wish, best wishes with you all the way, and my spirit is there. You know, no matter whether I get a message to you on the email or not. I mean, you know how I feel about the issue, and uh, oh, I'm with you all the way. Thank you so much. And Art Bell, yes, sir. please, please get him on again and again and again and again. <laughs> all right. And more hempsters, please, too. Thank Woody you. Harrelson, all the rest. All right. Um, yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, how about you, Willie? How, what, what kind of thinking did you do about about him, about pot, before you decided to be uh, public about it? Well, it's one of those things that once you realize that, that there, you have been lied to about something, uh, you have to decide whether you want to do anything about it or whether you just want to lay down and roll over and say, well, those son of a guns lied to me. Yeah. Uh, and it really, uh, uh, it, it really <laughs> upset me to think that, that they would insult my intelligence like that. Have you, uh, you changed a lot over the years? I mean, how have you, if, if you had to describe how you've changed from like when you were in your 20s to now? You a different person? You same? Uh, 
just in my habits. <laughs> I think I've dropped a few bad habits, hopefully, along the way. Uh, but my attitude about everything, I don't think has changed a degree, hardly. Uh, I don't know whether that's just because I'm a stubborn Taurus or what. You spent any time in jail? Today, no. No, no, no. <laughs> We're talking ever. Ever? Have I spent any time in jail? Well, sure. Yeah. Because um, you, you do a lot of work you know, for people who are in the joint. And i got to tell you, I get a lot of letters. Man, i got so many... Li I have so many listeners uh, who are in jail, uh, federal institutions, local institutions, you name it. And and you go and you you, uh, you sing for them sometimes, don't you? Sure, I do. Uh, well, you know, a lot of my friends and relatives are in there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, first time caller line. You're on the air with Willie Nelson. Hi. Hello. 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 Yes, sir. Where are Willie you? Nelson. It's a pleasure to talk to both of you guys. Yeah. Okay. Where uh, are you, sir? I'm fantastic. I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. All right. Uh, Art, uh, I've got your book. Uh, I, I I haven't had a chance to finish it yet, but it's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Willie, we have a mutual friend. Yeah. I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. I'll give you his initials. JP. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? I'm pretty sure I do. Uh, your movie, Red-Headed Stranger, uh, when you shot the man off the back of the horse that uh, the man stole. That's my friend. All right. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, you, would you give him a message for me? You get a hold of Brian in St. Paul. It's been a long time. If I run across him. Okay. Um, I first, uh, I first uh, was introduced to you. I'm the youngest of eight. And uh, my sister had the Red-Headed Stranger album. And I just recently got that again on CD. And I'd love for you to come to St. Paul for a concert so you could uh, sign that for me. <laughs> and uh, if you happen to come out here and bring Jeff with you, I throw a hell of a barbecue, and you're more than welcome to come on over. Well, see, now you're just going to use his initials. Now you used his name already. <laughs> uh, I didn't use his last name, did I? <laughs> we know who you're talking about, don't we? Yeah, we do. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, hey, you know, it's like you're an American institution now. Um, how does it feel to be an American institution? Oh, I don't really know what that means. Well, it means... Uh, it means like you're a household word. It means like everybody knows Willie Nelson. Commode is a household word. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, oh, Willie. <laughs> I mean, there, there's, everything is relative. You know, there's, there used, I used to have this saying, of all the people who don't like me, just think of the millions who've never heard of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you handle it, uh, mentally? Once, once you got to the point where, I mean, there was a breakout in your career, all of a sudden, you know, you were known nationally. I mean, everybody began to know you, and it's a pressure, isn't it? Well, I guess it is. You know, I I don't think about it. I really don't think about it. I, there's a, I know there's a responsibility to keep the music going. I know uh, uh, I have a responsibility to Farron Young and to little Jimmy Dickens and to Hank Williams and... Uh, uh, and I take that very seriously. You gonna you gonna ever stop? You gonna ever go fishing, or you gonna keep singing until you drop? Uh, all those things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went fishing last Sunday for my birthday. I took my boys down to Galveston fishing. 
I'm not a big fisherman. I don't do that a lot, but it's... it's oh, I meant that. No, no, no. I meant that metaphorically. I mean, is the day going to come, you're going to hang your guitar up, and you're going to just, you know, live a different life? Or are you going to probably keep singing forever? Well, I hopefully will sing forever. I don't really like want to think about quitting singing uh, or quitting playing or quitting doing what I'm doing because I'm really having a good time. And as long as I'm healthy and as long as people show up, uh, to me, that's the perfect world. Yeah, it is. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. You hear me okay? I hear you fine, sir. Where are you? I'm in Bradenton, Florida. All right. Well, as one who is obsessed with uh, talk radio, I'd like to ask Mr. Nelson something regarding pot. I'm not a, personally a pot smoker, but uh, could we uh, try having an experimental state where, where they allow pot legally and, and uh, before we go total U.S.? Well, I think that's happened now. California and Arizona now have uh, passed uh, a law where medicinal marijuana is uh, legal there and the doctors can prescribe it. So that is happening, and uh, I, I think it's good that it's happening in a small scale, one or two states where everybody else can look at it and see, uh, you know, just how affected is the population going to be one way or another. Well, so, so far it looks to me like California is no crazier than it normally is. Yeah, it's hard to see the change. <laughs> Willie? Yeah. Willie? Yeah. You don't think the bottom would fall right out of the market for pot if, if they allowed it uh, nationwide, do you? The bottom fall out? What do you mean? Well, I don't know. I think uh, the bottom would fall out of the, uh, the, the black market at the end of it once they legalized it. I mean, those guys would have to figure out something else to sell. Uh, what about the liquor industry? You were a drinker once, weren't you? Pretty, yeah. Pretty heavy drinker? Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, so marijuana takes the place of uh, of uh, booze? For me, it has. Uh, and I, maybe it was a natural progression for me because uh, whenever I used to get too drunk to know what I was doing, well, Paul English, my good friend and drummer, would bring me a big fat joint and say, here, smoke this. Next <laughs> thing... Next thing you know, I'm laying on the floor, so uh, ah. at, at least I'm controllable. So that's the way I sort of switched over, and <laughs> and I sort of like Paul's, uh, the way Paul was handling it than, than the way I was handling it. I really wasn't handling alcohol that well. Yeah, what kind of drinker were you? A lot of people, some people get happy, some people get belligerent. Well, some... it, I think it depends on what you have on your mind when you start drinking, you know, and I had a lot of... <laughs> I had a lot of negative things on my mind, bad marriages and all that kind of stuff, and not making any uh, headway in my career. So if a guy ever needed a reason to drink and to, you know, to feel sorry for himself, I yeah, just had one, you yeah. know. Uh, a lot of people say bad marriages make good country music. <laughs> is that right? Is it, I mean, is a tragedy, you know, living through a, a bunch of really hard stuff, Yeah. Uh, and, and we all do. Not just people at the top. People at every level live through hard stuff. Does that harden you, make you better uh, better at what you do? Sure. Uh, you know, it makes you a little more uh, wary of what you do or be beware of what you do. Uh, you don't really learn a lot, I guess. So I find myself making the same mistakes over and over again in some instances. You know, you know you, we were talking about reincarnation. Um your place, uh, your your place in this uh, constantly reincarnating world. You figure you've been around a lot before. You're pretty new at this. 
I think I've been around a few times. Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, West of the Rockies, you're on the air with the guy who's been around a few times, Willie. <laughs> Willie Nelson. Hi. Hi, this is Tony in uh, Palm Desert. Hi, Tony. Hey, Tony. Well, I called Willie because my wife wanted me to call and, and have you say hi to Bobby because she loves your sister. Hey, uh, Bobby's sitting over here listening. I'll tell her that someone says hi. And we've seen you every time you come out here to the desert because we've been longtime fans of yours. Thank you very much. And my 86-year-old mother has picked out two songs that were to play at her funeral that you've done very well. Wow. Which songs are those? Yeah. Wind Beneath My Wings. Yeah. Angels Flying Too Close to the Ground. All right. See, there you are, Willie. That's that's what I mean. When I said it's like you're an institution, that's what I meant. People like that, uh, people who are going to play your music at their funeral, that kind of thing. That's um, if you stop and think about it, which I think is better not to do, because uh, it'll get to you after a while. But um, that's you know, it's like a lot of responsibility, huh? Well, I agree with you. I don't think you're supposed to think about it. Uh, we've got a uh, saying that we like to use out here: "Is fortunately we're not in control." <laughs> and, <laughs> and and I hang on to that one with both hands. Yeah, I hear you. Um, uh, your sister, uh, she's you're pretty close to your sister. Oh yeah, yeah, we're as, you know, probably as close as uh, blood relatives can get. We played music together all our lives. Um, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Top of the morning to you. Where are you, please? Um, Rob in Springfield. Springfield, uh, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, right. there's quite a few Springfields, aren't there? Yeah, there are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nelson. Hello there. It's a pleasure to speak to you. An honor. Um, I'm interested in the songwriting, and I was wondering if there's anything you could tell me about um, a place where I could send any songs or anything about how much it would cost to get copyrights done and all that stuff. I honestly uh, don't have any information on where to send songs. Uh, I don't have a publishing company, so I, I really couldn't help you there. There are some good publishing companies around, uh, but uh, I, I really couldn't give you a name. I'm sorry. Would there be any? <laughs> I know this is there's no way this is possible, but if I could send you something, a, a little poem that I write. <laughs> yeah, send it. Send it to to me at uh, Spicewood, Texas. Spicewood, Texas. Yeah, seven eight seven eight six six nine. It's zip six six nine. Willie, I I take it anything shows up in Spicewood with your name on it gets to you. It'll get there. I. I don't know how the postal department does it, but uh, they've come to know me too, Willie. And, uh, <laughs> and, and people can address things to. Um, I've seen actual. I've seen letters come to me that say Art Bell in the desert. <laughs> yeah. No zip code, just in the desert, and somehow it gets to me. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure same with you. But how big is Spicewood? Uh, it's just uh, a few disturbed people. <laughs> <laughs> First, all right, first, that's a few disturbed people. First time caller line, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Well, you would have been, but you're dialed on. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Hi. Yeah, Willie, I think it's great on your farm aid you do for the farmers and everything. Yes, sir, thank you. I really do. I, it's really a wonderful thing there. Where are you, sir? I'm in San Francisco. Okay. Any oh, questions? Art? Yes, sir. I want to make, you know, I said the 28th of this month. It's 28th of next month. For what? June. Huh? The uh, Sacramento deal. 
you know, against the uh, MTBE. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, the stuff that's been getting into the groundwater, poisoning the water and stuff. Yeah, uh, th- this caller, Willie's talking about some stuff in California that's getting into the groundwater, they're getting wells closed down. Yeah. I, uh, you know, Willie, I was pretty much political conservative. Uh, in a lot of ways, I'm economically still very conservative. But, boy, I'm telling you, Willie, I'm becoming... Uh, really conscious of our ecology have, have you you travel around a lot it seems to me like our weather's getting worse oh yeah and uh i'm sure you've read books that predicted it it's uh you know supposedly that time when the earth is going through some changes so uh, it's important that everybody know that this is a natural progression um well don't you think so I don't know. I, I mean, have you ever read a book? Have you ever read a book called uh, Mother Mary's Message? Mother Mary's Message. Mary's Mary's Message, message to the World. I've interviewed the author. Um, uh, that's when, a very interesting book because it talks about the the weather changes and uh, why and when and uh, uh, it's uh, it's very interesting. Well, here's what I think. Um, I, I, I we agree the change is going on, but I don't know if it's natural. I think. You know, whether it's like a creator, God, or nature, and they may be like one and the same, um, that this earth is beginning to react to what we're doing. So I'm well, not... I agree. I agree with that 100%. But I think what we were doing is a natural reaction. So the world, the earth itself is taking a natural reaction to us. Uh, I think every few million years the world has to, you know, to get rid of the folks and uh, start all over again because yeah. we don't know how to handle it. Yeah. We haven't we haven't figured out how to treat the earth as a living entity and we keep treating it like it was a, you know, piece of dead meat that you can do whatever you want to do to and uh, uh the earth is a big living thing and all it has to do is belch a couple of times and, and we're, million, yeah, there's 8 million people gone. Yeah, know? and we're gone. That's right. No, that's exactly right. And um I'm I'm afraid some of it might come from organized religion, you know, because some people interpret the Bible to mean um, that we can do whatever we want, that we have dominion over everything, and if we feel like concreting over everything around, uh, no problem, go ahead and and concrete and do whatever you want to do, and um, that's, that's our right somehow or another. And I think that's just a sort of a misinterpretation. So I think you're right. I think we probably been around a few times before and booted away. Look, we're coming to the top of the hour, Willie. I got a five hour show, but it's four o'clock in the morning back there. Uh, so I. You, well, are you getting sleepy? Oh, I'm not getting sleepy. I'm, <laughs> no. You want to well, stick around? Well, I'll stay with you a while if you don't care. No, I don't care. I'd love to have you. All right, cool. Uh, All right. Then take a break. You got about ten minutes and. Uh, We'll be back. All right. All right. Willie Nelson is my guest. And he is an American institution, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. We, I, I mean, somewhere along the way, we decided it's better that, that, that we leave town that night. So. Uh... <laughs> Because uh, everybody's knocking on your door, that kind of thing. So, in other words, uh, get out of town, get to the next town. Well, the... we just, you know, we just like uh, uh, ever, like we were talking about earlier. You and I are a lot alike in some respects. It's better that I get out of town, or I'd have had more than four marriages. <laughs> I understand. There, there are, uh, as you said, your wife's probably asleep right now. There's a lot of temptation out there. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of it, and it's uh, uh, and don't get. I don't want it to go away. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I feel exactly, exactly the same way about it. Uh, first time caller line. You're on the air with Willie Nelson. Good morning. Morning, Art. Hi. Hi, my name's Cindy, and I just can't believe I've got my two favorite men on the radio at the same time. <laughs> well, hello How there. you doing? Uh, well, good morning to you, Temptation. Oh, thanks so much. Listen, I wanted to ask you something. I have got a dream that I've told my family about for the last probably 15 years, and what that is is to sing Amazing Grace with Willie Nelson in my living room. Well, the thing is, I'm standing in my living room right now. And I was wondering if you'd like to sing it with me, or at least a couple bars. We'll kick it off. Okay. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saves a You did it. He made a dream come true. <laughs> Thank you so much. And i got to tell you, I believe that music can help heal the planet. Uh, well, that's fact. Uh, thank I, you. I, I believe in that one. Um, you, How much gospel have you done, Willie? Uh, honestly, and I'm not saying this just to, to be a smart, to make a smart crack, but I think all music is gospel. Uh, and, and I started out singing the traditional gospel in the... And since then, I've just been adding different kinds of, of what I really believe gospel music. Blues is gospel. Bluegrass is gospel. Yeah. It's all, tr you know, true music of the Spirit. It seems like a lot of people who came from a background like that, pretty simple background, uh, uh, Crystal Gale's one, uh, the Pointer Sisters, you know, they were raised by a preacher. Yeah. And look where they went. And that seems to happen to people who come from real strict or religious backgrounds. Um, for some reason, they just, something clicks, something's changing, and all of a sudden, they're in a whole different world. Um, and it's it's a natural progression from gospel. Oh, yeah. I, I believe that. I think, uh, you know, if you start out singing gospel music, uh, you, you've got... Uh, you you know you like uh, you got two strikes with you. Uh, you by knowing that kind of music you already know the blues you know country you know a lot of different kind of music without even knowing that you do. Do you ever sing any other kind of music? I mean, do, when you're just jamming, do you ever get into anything else? Like uh, what? Well, I don't know. Um, like, jazz or like, like jazz or pop or blues or um, yeah. you know? Do you ever just I have a I have a reggae album coming out in a few weeks. Really? Yeah, on Island Records. Now, how in the world do you get from where you are to reggae? Uh, Don was a great producer uh, who did the uh, border borderline album that I did on the, on the Columbia, uh, and also did the Highwayman uh, last Highwayman album that we did. Yeah. Uh, he said, why don't we do a reggae album? And I said, well, you know, I, I like reggae, but I don't know anything about it, and uh, I'm afraid, uh, I don't know what, you know, what kind of reggae. And he said, well, why don't we take some of your songs 
and put reggae beats to them. And so we went to the studio and did one, a song called Undo the Ride, and it turned out so good that uh, we flew down to Jamaica and talked to Chris Blackwell at Island Records, and uh, he liked the idea, so now we have a reggae album. Wow! Out. How do you like it? I love it. I think it's great. We do a song, a uh, Jimmy Cliff song on the show every night called uh, uh, Sitting in Limbo. Sitting in Limbo. Yeah. You ever heard that one? <laughs> no. It's a great song. All right. Was the Rockies. You're on the air with uh, Willie Nelson. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Willie. Good morning. I wanted to say how much I enjoyed your appearance on the cartoon show King of the Hill. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was there and saw you at the very first Farm Aid in Champaign, Illinois, all those years ago. I believe it was 1981. Uh, uh First Farm Aid, I believe, was 80, what, David, 84, First Farm Aid, 85. The First Farm Aid was, what, 85. Oh, wow. Well, it looks, sounds like my short-term memory is going. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I wanted you to uh, talk a little bit about, uh, I assume uh, there's probably another Farm Aid coming up. Uh, yeah, we uh, mentioned the date earlier, but I'm glad to mention it again. It's October the 4th in Irving Stadium, just outside of Dallas. And uh, who all's appearing with you there? Well, there'll be uh, the regulars, me and John Mellencamp and Neil Young and John Connolly and then whoever else we can, uh, you know, uh, get to come there. And uh, we usually have 30, 40, 50 acts that are glad to come because everybody knows the problems and the situation and everybody's eager to help. We've never had any problem getting people to play Farm Aid. Great. Well, good luck to you. And, uh... I was going to ask you, what was it like doing uh, that uh, show, King of the Hill? And uh, I'll hang up and let somebody else talk to you, too, if you want to comment on that. All right. A lot of people want to ask about King of the Hill. Well, that was a great show. First of all, I didn't uh, I didn't know that uh, there was such a show until I was on it, you know. So uh, the first time, the first show that I saw was the one that I was on. Those guys are hilarious. Have you seen the show, Art? I have, yes. It is a funny show. Well, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people seem absolutely entranced. All right, hold on. Uh, we're at the bottom of the hour. Don't hang up. We'll, we'll, <laughs> okay, we'll be I'm back. Right. Willie Nelson is my guest. Moody River, more deadly than the vainest night. And I must be the number one Willie fan. All right. I just thought I'd let you know that, and I can't believe I'm actually talking to you. Well, that's great. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, yeah. re record this and play it back in your log house. Oh, I'm going to. I am recording it. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask you one little question. How come is it that all of your, what I think is your very best music, never became big hits? Well, that's, like, that's a subjective question, but uh, it's a fair question. Um, like uh, the sound in your mind is my favorite one. Well, you know, there was a lot of records that I made back in those years that sort of got lost in the shuffle. The Sound in Your Mind was one. Yesterday's Wine was one. It yeah. came out many years ago, and now it's been reissued. But yeah. a lot of those records, that uh, a dozen or more, that I felt like had, uh, well, you get a dozen albums, ten songs an album, and there's a hundred songs there that uh, just got lost. So, oh, they uh, did. And those, to me, are the best ones. Are there, uh, uh, what's favorite? Do you have a favorite? Well, I have, I do in my show every night 40 to 50 songs, and those are my favorites. Uh, and, and usually the last stuff that I've written is my favorite. I just wrote an album called Spirit, mm -hmm. and 
spirit. spirit what yeah. what in, what inspired that? Uh, why why call it spirit? I mean, it's an evolution of the spirit. This album uh, it was uh, written over a seventeen year period, and it starts out with the way I felt seventeen years ago and the way I feel now. Uh, it's a concept album that uh, I've really waited a long time to write because I really didn't have it all together, you know. And uh, I wrote mm -hmm. maybe seven, six or seven songs in the Spirit album last year. All right. Um, West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Good morning. Good morning, Art. This is Marcus, your pistol back in Bagan and Portland. <laughs> right. How are you gentlemen doing? Fine. Hello there. Heidi. Uh, well, I have the opportunity. Uh, Willie and Art, I just wanted to say, may the God and Goddess bless you both for the work that you've done in the cause of human freedom. There are a few things in my canon that are uh, as important. No, I'll, I'll amend that. The cause of freedom is the most holy thing that I can conceive of. Uh, in the realm of human experience, and I think you both have done yeoman service in that cause, and everybody knows it, and long may your flags fly. Thank you. That uh, being said, uh, Willie, I also wanted to uh, thank you again for a piece of work you did in a movie called The Electric Horseman. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you. That was a brilliant piece of down-to-earth leavening that that movie needed to make it more than just a feel-good picture. Uh, that elevates it to the canon of a of a keeper. You know, that's going to, for no other reason than it tells a good story about an important subject, freedom, and how it applies at all times and all places to all people and all things. And it, it's a good lesson that we need to keep in mind and, and never forget. Um, sort of tangentially, which goes into my, my question for you, Willie, you have a unique opportunity that I think some politicians would give their eye teeth for. You travel all over the country. You meet millions of people. You have your finger on the pulse of the nation the way that very few people are gifted to have. And I've admired and respected you, although I'm not a country music fan. I admire you as a person because you have demonstrated this kind of openness and receptivity and honestness, honesty that makes it possible for people to tell the truth to you and for you to know the truth about them. Thank what, you very much. What is your sense of the pulse of america where do you think we are as a people where do you get the feeling that we're going oh that's a good question uh well i'm a i'm a positive thinker so uh naturally i'm thinking that the fact that you and i uh and art uh, and the people who have called in tonight have uh, the ability to, to to be here tonight and, and say what we're thinking and to have it being heard by millions of people all over the world to me that's a positive sign because uh, if enough of us get out there thinking and talking positive, then, you know, the Berlin Wall fell. So uh, uh, what's next? What I find uh, is that the older I get, the easier it seems like it is for me to say what I really feel without caring. In other words, just to say what I feel. And, 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 and that's kind of recent for me, like in the last decade or something, uh, I, I sort of began to change and not care and and so i just started saying exactly what i felt without regard for the consequences and i'm sure you've become a little you ever listen to barry goldwater sure i'm a big barry goldwater fan yeah so am i um and i i he says so much of exactly what's on his mind that i think the press is getting afraid to go to him anymore <laughs> well you know we've had a few guys around all politicians haven't been bad. I think I like, I, well, I like Barry Goldwater and I like uh, uh, Jimmy Carter and I like Harry Truman. I mean, these were some, 
and Lyndon Johnson. I like these guys who would stand up and, and say, wait a minute, you know, this is the way it is. That's exactly what Barry Goldwater uh, did. Uh, first time caller line, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Hello. Hello there. Oh, whoops, I didn't push the button, so that's not going to work. First time caller line, now you're on the air, I think. Uh, yeah, I was calling earlier about the idea I had to run by. Uh, well, you're on the air with Willie Nelson, so, you know, there's no point running an idea just by me. Uh, do you have a question for Willie? No, well, I have a question for both of you. If you all right, fire away. Actually, um, I was um, thinking about all the prophecies, that, like in the Bible and several other uh, prophecies that talk about, like, natural disasters towards the end. Uh, prophecy. Uh, I, I interview a lot of people who are into prophecy, and there's biblical prophecy. And um, you do anything about that, uh, Willie? Prophecy where things are going in the longer run? Uh, well, I do believe in, in prophecies. Uh, I, you know, there's. Uh, I think a lot of prophecies are interpreted in different ways. Uh, the Book of Revelations, for one thing, is all book of prophecies, but it's interpreted right. a thousand different ways. Uh, some of those are right. I just don't know which ones it is. You know. You ever wonder, uh, with regard to Revelation, since you mentioned it, um, you know, it's hard to tell where you are in a process. And, yeah. Uh, you think we're in that now? I, I do believe that we're in that time period when there are changes being made. And uh, there are rapid changes. Uh, they're happening fast, and I think there's a lot of information being fed to us now. Uh, through all the channels that, that's coming into us so fast that a lot of us are reeling from it a little bit. And uh, uh, but I think it's just uh, important to know that that's what it is. We're just receiving a whole lot of information real fast, and it's probably for a good reason. We maybe are going to need this knowledge. That's a fact. Um, I've been observing this for 13 years, doing a talk show, and I started to realize that things are coming at a faster and faster pace. Yeah. And I tried to ask myself if it was just because of the media delivering this information to us. But the fact of the matter is, things really are beginning to speed up. Yeah, uh, and actually the media is way behind in giving it to us. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, all right. Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on there with Willie Nelson. Good morning. Where are you, please? Hi. I'm from Lake County. My name's Marsha, and hi, Willie. Hi. Um, I'm glad to hear that you you did a reggae album. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's really different from your from what you've done before, but um, recently my husband and I, my whole family, have changed over from country western to reggae because it is really a family orientated and love and. Um, full of brotherhood and as you know right now that all we've got now is our family and our friends well you know let me tell you a story about where reggae music came from and this is a story that the reggae musicians that i recorded this album with told me that many years ago when they first listened to music over the radio out of jamaica they would listen to these different stations and they would hear this country music and they couldn't hear the rhythms because it, there weren't any drums back in those days anyway. So they put their own rhythms to the country music. And that's where the original Jamaica songs came from, the original reggae songs come from. They were getting the, the, uh, the messages, the spiritual messages of the country music songs that are not there today. The, what, you're, what you've been looking for in country music today, the reason you went to reggae is because you're looking for that one thing that you don't hear in country music anymore. 
right? Yeah, and you are to- you're totally right on that aspect, Willie. Um, but I think could... it's funny. I think it's funny that the that, that the, uh, country music and reggae sort of make the big circle. We're at the top of the hour again. Choice point. Uh, you got a choice. I, I've got the hours. Um, you know, oh, I, I'm. You know, I don't want to hog all the program. If you got other folks coming or something, but I'm here. How much longer we got? Uh, an hour. Uh, an hour. Hour. I've I've got two hours left, Willie, and I've got nothing but time on my hands. That's a luxury radio, you know. It's not well, like if I if I'm not, uh, you know, if you got somebody coming in or something, I don't want to hog the whole show. But I'm having fun. If you're having fun, then let's keep going. All right. All right. Willie Nelson is my guest, and uh, we'll just keep going. How about that? This is CBC. Don't hang up, Willie. From that time, um, a few including you, and I was wondering if you have any that you're willing to tell on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course, I remember Barbara Newitt still. You know, I run into him occasionally. He and Chris Christopherson and uh, uh, some more guys hung out together in New York. And uh, I, I run into him back in the, the 70s, I guess it was. And he's a good songwriter, a good picker. I think he's in California now. Mm-hmm. And what, what was your first question? Suckers? What was your first question, hon? About the Super Suckers. He's been doing some recordings of them. Um... Yeah. I, uh, in fact, there was a whole album called Twisted Willie that uh, <laughs> Super Suckers and the uh, Reverend Horton Heath and some more guys got together and uh, did what I thought was great. They did a lot of my songs and they did put their own spin on them. And, uh, Angel Flying Too Close to the Ground was done with an electric sewing machine playing the rhythm. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> hey, I wanna, I'm going to switch topics on you real quick and ask you a real serious question. Um, we've had some things happen in this country that are not so good, uh, Willie. Um, uh, down in Waco... Uh, in Idaho, and lately we've been getting these people arrested. Uh, we've got the trial going on in Denver now. We've got militias. We've got people who are, um, like, taking matters into their own hands. And I, it scares the hell out of me. I, I've got this feeling that uh, that if if we get the wrong spark at the wrong place at the wrong time, there's going to begin a cycle of violence in this country. It's going to turn us into another Belfast. And I, I thought I would ask you about this militia stuff and uh, w- what's going on currently and what you feel about that. Well, I personally, I feel like that uh, uh, if everybody gets out and votes against the people they don't like, then there won't be any need to get any guns and, and go shoot nobody. You know? Yeah. Uh, to me, that's the, the way to do it. Uh, once it gets to the point where you feel like you have to arm yourself and, and fight, uh, then it's too late anyway because uh, uh, look at China. Look, you, you can't beat a tank. <laughs> I don't care how mad you are or how big your shotgun is. You can't outshoot that tank. That's right. So once it gets to the point where the, our government is more well armed than we are, we're screwed anyway. So you better figure out a way to vote them out because you can't whip them. Yeah, and more and more people are getting apathetic. They're getting the feeling that they can't change anything, and they're getting cynical. Uh, Willie, even I'm getting a little cynical sometimes about politics, and and that turns them away from voting, and um, it just seems like some kind of vicious cycle, and and it's beginning to spawn these people with guns. I know it, and uh, it's like Catch-22, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, but I still believe that there is a peaceful solution. There's got to be, because... The alternative uh, is not so hot. No, the alternative is an impossible situation.
situation, you can't win. Look at Waco. Look at uh, all these other places. Uh, you can't beat them that way. You've got to do it uh, at the voting polls. You really can't beat them in court. You have to vote them out. That's the only way. Yeah, I agree with you. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Good morning. Hi, right, this is uh, Jeff uh, from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, WTMJ 620. Yes, sir. Uh, Willie, I uh, didn't even realize that your recordings went all the way back to 1962. Yes, sir. Yeah. What, what was your first album? Uh, it was called And Then I Wrote. It was on Liberty Records. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was just, I have a little book here I was just looking at. Hey, I uh, I didn't get a chance to check out um, uh, any of the Farm Aid, yeah. but my hometown, you guys played there, uh, Farm Aid 4, Indianapolis. And I got lucky. I happened to get the whole thing on videotape. Right. Yeah, it was just fantastic. It was a fantastic show from beginning to end. I'm not a big country fan, but I like some of the, the bands, that, some of the country and western bands that happened to play there. It was pretty cool. Um, I have a strange uh, Willie Nelson story to tell you real quick. <laughs> uh, when I first got here to Milwaukee back in 85, um, and I had already moved here by the time uh, you guys came to Indianapolis, um, I was... Didn't have a place to live. Went to a mission. I was wearing a Willie Nelson T-shirt, and it just it was a black T-shirt. It's got just a drawing of your face on the front of it. And I need a place to stay. And the pastors as well. You know, you gotta blah blah blah. You gotta, you know, stay. You know, listen to the sermon and all this. You know, and all. You know, and you gotta be up at six o'clock in the morning. You know, and and he looks at my shirt. and He says, "But you gotta do this. You gotta change your shirt because Willie Nelson." doesn't do the work of the Lord. And I, it just struck me kind of strange. And it was like... Because uh, like, Willie Nelson doesn't do the work of the Lord? That's what the guy told me. That's what the pastor told me. And he wouldn't let me stay there overnight. Now, where do you suppose <laughs> a pastor might have got an idea like that, Willie? I don't know. <laughs> are you serious? Or are you... Oh, no, I'm serious. I can it happened in 85 when I first moved to town. Well, I can understand why anybody out there who's... Uh, a uh, really uh, fanatical religious person could look at Willie Nelson and say, well, my goodness, you know, keep your kids away from this guy. <laughs> uh, don't let your kids grow up to be like Willie. Yeah, there you go. Um, you, uh, you, think that, um, you think that you've been around long enough so that you were in the Old West uh, one day, Willie? It seems like you were there. Oh, I, I probably, uh, I probably was, uh, because I, you know, I really still think that way a lot. Well, it, you know, when I see you in those kind of parts, it seems like it's really natural for you. Yeah. Feels that way to you when you're doing it? Yeah. Yeah, it's really not a lot of acting involved when, uh, uh, in those kind of parts, really. Yeah, that's what I thought. First time caller line, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Good morning. Yeah, this is Gary from Richland, Washington. Yes, sir. And Mr. Nelson, I think yes, you're the one of the coolest guys to ever walk the face of the earth, and I mean it sincerely. Thank Even you. if you don't like Willie Nelson, you you know dang well you're the coolest guy. I was just wondering to know, um, what are some of the newer singer-songwriters today that you respect or listen to? And... Um, and uh, also, I want you to know. Want to know? Uh, I, one of my guys I like a lot, who has a lot of respect to you, is Steve Earle. And if you could say a few words about him. 
Well, first of all, yeah, Steve Earle is a, is, is a great writer, and uh, he's one of those younger guys that I would, uh, you know, say him and Rodney Crowell, and of course, to me, Chris Dawson is still a young guy, so, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, the real young guys, uh, I really don't know who they are, I don't know who's writing these songs these days. Well, I saw you guys uh, do that on uh, uh, Aussie City Limits with Billy Joe Shaver and... Uh, Kimmy Rhodes, and she was kind of new to me, and I really liked her a lot. Well, yeah, she's a great writer, and she's there in Austin. She's an old friend. She'll be playing the picnic again this year, too. But uh, Man, I'd uh, love to go down that picnic. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy Joe Shaver, I mean, he, to me, he's still a young a young writer. You know, back when all, with all this stuff about country music was going on, I knew I was in trouble when I heard those people say, uh, well, I wish they'd play some of them old guys again, like George Strait and Randy Travis. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, thank you, Willie. It's been a great pleasure. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, Wildcard Line, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so glad I got through. Where are you, sir? I'm in eastern Indiana. Okay. Okay, uh, two things. First, one is a uh, request and the other is a comment. All right. Uh, this Sunday's Mother's Day, and uh, my mother is a tremendous fan of Mr. Nelson. And I was wondering if uh, he would be willing to give her an audio autograph. All right. What's your mother's name? Jean. Willie. What's your name? Gene. Dean? Gene. 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 Yep. Yes. Well, happy Mother's Day, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful. Her and she and my wife make me believe in God. They are wonderful women. So thank you very much. Thank you're you, welcome. sir. Uh, you, you're, not a, you're not a strictly religious person, are you? I mean, you're not like in a church every, every Sunday or something, are you? Or are you? Well, no. Well, uh, I, I couldn't be in a church every Sunday. I hadn't gone to church in a long time, but I still, I believe we walk around in our church every day, you know. Uh, so wherever we are, that's it. All right. Uh, that, that's fair enough. When I when I come back, I want to ask you um, a, a really tough question. And so stand by and don't go to sleep and don't hang up and <laughs> and we'll be right back. From the high desert... Near Area 51, so-called Dreamland, I'm Art Bell, and this is CBC. RCA going to release uh, one of their essential series on uh, your sides from back then. All right, uh, last question first. There is an album called Yesterday's Wine that came out on RCA several years ago. It's just been released on Justice Records, and, uh, you know, that was good news to me because I didn't think that album really had a good shot back in those years it was uh uh the content was a little bit early i think and uh, uh justice records uh, liked it enough to to get it and put it out again so uh is ahead of your time all right what about this fairness and music licensing i i don't know what that is uh do you willie well uh i uh wrote this letter uh to uh some folks trying to get that keep that from being changed. I understand it, what it is. It's uh, If this law is passed, and there's a lot of songs that I sing that, <laughs> that uh, would be restricted. You know what I'm talking about? No, is, is no. This the law, is this the law you're talking about? I, I, it is, I guess. I mean, what 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 does the law or the proposed law say, or what effect would it have, Willie? Well, first of all, let me see if this is the one this gentleman is talking about. Well, he's already gone. So. Oh, okay. Well, in case, uh, it's the law that... Uh, I, as I understand it, it's a law that uh, prohibits certain lyrics and ideas. It's a it's a horrible form of uh, 
naturally, I think anybody, any writer, anybody, any citizen ought to be against it. How in the world can they, on on what basis can they limit, I, I, I don't understand that at all. I mean, well, there's would, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that are done in the name of morality, and it's for our own good. Oh, is that what it's about? In other words, certain certain words or phrases you can't say or, or you can't write about in a song. Uh, I'm is sure. It... I'm sure that's the origin of it. That's the origin of the of the law that I'm talking about, and I'm not sure about this other. Topic. Oh, well, all right then. What about all this crazy music uh, that's out there right now? The rap stuff. Uh, the stuff that's that... the ones they're after. You know? Yeah, I know that. I know that, but but um, so kind of like Larry Flint stood and uh, stood behind the First Amendment with flag behind him, all that stuff. Uh, it really applies here as well. Yeah. The rap stuff is bad, but sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes in the name of what we call freedom, uh, if we really mean what we say about the First Amendment, uh, even the stuff you don't like, gotta let it go. Yeah, you can't you can't uh, tell people what to hear and what not to listen. That's not what we do. Everyone should be able to listen to what they want to listen to, like what they like. That's why they put knobs on the radio so you can turn the dial. You've got that right. Uh, and yet, let me tell you something. Uh, there are a lot of people out there who hate my guts, at least some. Uh, you know, if you're, not, if you're not hated by some, you're probably not doing anything at all. And uh, yet they, they're glued to listen to, to remind themselves how much they hate me. <laughs> Well, they feed on that. It's a strange psychology, isn't it? <laughs> West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Hi. Hi, uh, Art, and hi, Willie. How are you both there. doing? Fine. Um, uh, this is for Willie and for Art, sort of. Willie, there's a guest um, who you've done Farm Aid, and there's a guest who Art has on a show weekly called Linda Howe. She studies cattle mutilations and crop circles. Oh, yeah. And I was wondering if you would consider, she's also former Miss Idaho, but would you consider doing a crop circle cattle mutilation aid? And this is Martin in Oceanside. <laughs> All right, in Oceanside. You I know, would, I would, I'd like to know more about it. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Um, well, you know, in a lot of parts of the country, in fact, all over the world, there have been these really strange incidents of cattle mutilations uh, that make absolutely no sense at all. And crop circles, well... Um, those are these strange designs, Willie, that show up in the middle of uh, farmers' fields, wheat fields, those kinds of things, uh, that appear to be nothing that a human being could do, you know, as though it came from somewhere else or something else, or whether it's a message or nobody really knows what the hell it is. But they're beautiful, they're intricate, and um, nobody knows what they are. I've, I've heard of those, and I've seen them uh but I'm not sure what uh, what the benefit is for. Well, he was kidding about that. Oh, I'm he was sorry. kidding about that. But I mean, uh, you know, the question about the crop circles really is interesting. It's like somebody's trying to tell us something, unfortunately, somewhat cryptically. Um, and th there have been some amazing examples, like Stonehenge in England, uh, with 191 circles joined together. Um, some looking like uh, DNA strands and all these strange things going on that we simply don't understand. Uh, but right in the middle of farmers' fields. Yeah. Well, maybe you're right. They're trying to communicate in some way. Yeah, maybe they are. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Good morning. Yes, yes, it would figure that you would have on your program a dope-smoking, tax-dodging, 
government-hating hippie. That would figure for you, one who has murdered not 39, but now 43 people who you sent to their dooms by watching a comet. So, uh, Willie, this is a fellow named J.C. He features himself to be a preacher. Country and Western, but you give it a bad name. Well, how about someone like Hank Williams, who sings good songs about the heartland? <laughs> this is J.C. features himself to be a preacher, Willie. Oh, he's, uh, he's doing great. Uh, administered the new revelation from the Lord, and you are against the Lord's work, just like the gentleman who told the gentleman with the T-shirt that he has to take that off, that he was causing disruption among those who were there to follow the true faith. And at Art Bell, you're, you know... Willie, he thinks I'm the Antichrist. You, well, you've murdered. Your body count's piling up. You can't say that you're... This you're not. Morality he, he's, he's talking about the Heaven's Gate suicides. And you're he, trying to dodge Blaming that, that on me. Oh. You're trying to dodge I, that. You know, I, I didn't know whether you did it or not, Art. <laughs> <laughs> it revealed that you were at the... J.C., 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 you left your motor running. Yeah. No. Be calm, J.C. Yeah, I'm... Well, I am calm. No, you're not. You're never calm. Well, yes, I am. Are you trying to say that I have a problem? No, I don't. I have a problem with the fact that you bring on subversives onto your program who are trying to say that the government... Subversives? Uh, uh, all right, J.C., enough for now. are you holding your nose while you're talking? I, I've often wondered about that myself, Willie. Uh, mercifully, uh, he seems to be gone, uh, but he'd just go on and on if I let him. Um, so, um, are you a proud subversive, Willie? Am I a proud subversive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. That's, that's the way I feel about it, too. First time caller line, you're on, <laughs> you're on the air with Willie Nelson. <laughs> oh, God. Hello there. Hello. Yes, hi. Where are you? I'm Sacramento. Sacramento. All right. Well, let's hear how you follow that last act. Uh, that was that was really pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that guy should never be on the air. Well, uh, it's, if it's... he hadn't have been, though, we wouldn't have got that laugh. That's right. That, that's true. And uh, hey, Art. Yes. I wanted to ask you: Have you ever heard of a man named Irwin Schiff? Yes, I have. You have. And I bet Willie has too. I'm afraid I haven't. Who oh, you that? haven't? Oh, he's uh, he's uh, it's all about the IRS, right, caller? Yes. Yeah, this is somebody who. Um, uh, uh, I, I think, uh, has Irwin been behind bars uh, over the IRS thing? I think yes, he has. Yes, he? yes, he has. Yeah. And and that, and that was a mistake. Well, um, I, I don't know about that. Um, but there's been a lot of people um, who've been behind bars. You know, Willie, that since... Uh, let me ask you this about the IRS. There's a lot of people out there who say that the 16th Amendment was never ratified. I'm not a citizen of this country. I'm... Uh, this or that, and I don't, and I won't pay taxes, and a lot of them end up going to jail. How do you feel about those people? Well, I don't know about those people. The way I feel about it personally is that uh, uh, I've always felt like that if I made enough money, I didn't mind paying taxes. Uh, I think uh, we're being overtaxed a lot now, but as long yeah. as I'm making enough money to pay my taxes, uh, then I didn't bitch about it too much, you know. It hurts a little bit when 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 you look at what they take because it it is a lot. I uh, you know it's a lot. There's no question about it. Um, if you look at it like well, it's uh it's a it's a you know uh, a pretty good price you know to pay yeah. to live in uh, America. And if you look at it that way, it is. And I I do bargain, you know? I do look at it that way. Yeah. Listen, I got one more hour. 
I do too. You do too? Stay right there. All right. Don't hang up. No, don't hang up. <laughs> we'll be right back. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Because it seems like no matter how good a person or bad a person you are, if you're public enough, there's somebody who doesn't like you enough to probably try to do you harm. And do you think about that? No, I, I can't afford to think about that. Uh, uh, you know, the thoughts do come by, and you uh, you have to say, well, am I going to worry about this, or am I going to go ahead with my yeah. life? So, uh, uh, no, I don't. Uh, uh, you can't. This, can't. I go back to that, what we talked about before. Fortunately, we're not in control. So, uh I go about my life, and I figure that other people are, are taking care of me. I better have some guardian angels, or I'm, you know, I'm in trouble anyway. Yeah, that's right. And it, you just can't let it bother you. I, I finally came to the same conclusion. Just keep doing what you're doing, having fun. And, you know, if the plan is that you exit early, then that's the plan, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, wild Card Line, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Hi. Hi, Art. This Hello. is uh, Don in uh, Denver. Yeah, hi, Don. Uh, I got a couple of questions for Willie. Sure. Uh, if you're not a legend in your own time, how come they named a highway after you down there in Texas? <laughs> which one was it? Oh, <laughs> uh, there was uh It's the highway that runs through Abbott, Texas. Really, it's uh, uh, the highway is uh, closed now. They moved that highway, and now there's an interstate out at the edge of town. Oh, there is. Yeah. They named a highway after you. Yeah. Yeah, if he's not a legend, it's <laughs> what is, you know. <laughs> and it's the, it's the road. What's great about it is the road that I used to run up and down is when I was a kid, and I still go back there now and uh, and uh, hang out on the road and uh, uh, and just have a big time, just knowing that uh, hey, this ain't bad. It's Willie Nelson Highway. Okay. And the other question was, uh, I don't know if it was a rumor or not, but I heard something about you at the White House or something taking a little break to go up and have a smoke on the roof or something. Uh, that's that is. I heard about. Yeah, that's the rumor. It's the rumor. rumor, or was it true? Uh, you know, it's uh, I can't remember for sure. But he claims short-term memory loss on the subject. <laughs> okay, and one more question: uh, <laughs> Is there any chance you could uh, squeeze Art in your next movie there? With, uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, he uh, needs more exposure. No, I don't. <laughs> I have a. I, I. I'll tell you, Willie. I've been fighting with this. I'm a radio guy. And uh, now, you know, all the TV people, I mean, CNN's coming out here next week to film a whole show and everything. And it just, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, the camera. I don't know how to get over that. Yeah, I know I know the feeling. I, I, uh, ra there's more mystery to radio, you know. Uh, there absolutely is. And I, I just, you know, every time I look at these other talk show hosts who go on television, I say, boy, are they making a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they've got a good face for uh, radio, and they should stick with it. Well, yeah, but there's always temptations, especially when you get as popular as you are. They're going to be firing at you, you know, to have your own daily TV commentary show. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. I'm, uh, they're talking to me about all that kind of stuff, and I'm, I have been resisting, and I have said no more times. And these, these television people and these movie people, they are very persistent people. Yeah. I mean, it's like they don't. 
they don't take no. They just keep coming back and, well, how about if we do this or how about if we do that or um, we can make it easy on you. And, oh, man, they just keep coming. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Hi. Good morning, Art and Willie. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you? I'm in Central Texas. All right. Uh, my question is, uh, I know uh, golf is one of Willie Nelson's uh, favorite pastimes. And uh, my question is, who was the most fun person he ever played with, and who was the best golfer he ever played with? Okay. Uh, Lee Trevino, uh, I guess, is the, the one of the best golfers that I ever played with, uh, and one of the most fun guys that I ever played with. Yeah, he seems to have a good sense of humor. Yeah. Is that a, is that a big part of your life, sense of humor? Uh, it has to be, Art. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. You got to laugh a lot, or you're in really trouble. That's right. It holds you off from uh, um, going crazy thinking about the more serious stuff. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, we happen to have a uh, Pahrump is a little bit small town, but we actually have a really good golf course here, Willie. I played that golf course. You have? I played that. In fact, the last time I played that golf course, Benny Binion rode around with. Me. No kidding. That's right. Well, uh, the next time you get near this golf course, I hope you'll. Uh, you call me up. And we'll All get right. together. Can we do it? Yes, and uh, moreover, I would even be willing to try and play golf. <laughs> well, all right. I, uh, I, that would be great. I'd love to do that. All right, good. Ask about is uh, Johnny Gimble. And I have never heard a person that could make a violin swing <laughs> in, in a Western band like he can when he's played with you. Uh, Johnny Gimbel is on the uh, my latest album, Spirit album. Uh, Johnny uh, plays some really great stuff on there. Uh, oh, no kidding. Uh, when's that going to be out? Or is oh, it's, it's out now. It's been out about six months. So every, any record store probably, huh? Right. It's, it's called Spirit. All right. East on, on Island Records. Island Records. Yeah. Whoops, would have been West of the Rockies. You're on the air with Willie Nelson. Hi. Yes, good morning, Trey. Good morning, Willie. And, Hello there. And happy Mother's Day to Ma Bell out in Long Island. Uh, that's my mom in Long Island. A big hug to both of you and a warm smile. Thank you. Uh, Willie, I um, I couldn't name a song that you've done. I'm not a fan of uh, your music, but I am a fan of your soul. I started liking you when Johnny Carson, who I used to um, idolize, uh, started having you on a show a lot, and, and I was uh, really glad to... Uh, to know you from from that yeah you know this caller is saying something really important and they don't necessarily have to be a fan of your music to be a fan of your soul and there is something about you willie and uh and i don't know what it is but uh it's like people can feel your soul people can feel your realness uh, and that's a big part of it and it? it's not just the music well i think uh, yeah, I think people can, they feel what you feel, uh, if you feel it deeply enough. That, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Hold on, Willie, we're at the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player, too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. 
Now you played pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul. Selling timeshare there at the time. And I saw these buses, and I said, surely that's not. And I drove up, and sure enough, it was you. But they said that you were in Wilmington someplace getting ready for a concert, and I really had a hard time believing that. I thought you were out on the golf course somewhere, but they wouldn't tell us where. <laughs> do they uh, do they protect you that way, Willie, uh, just so you can at least once in a while uh, go off and play around uh, quietly? Well, you know, it's uh, as soon as the guys hit hit the, the stage area, well, everybody's kind of saying, well, where's Willie? And none of them know nothing. You know, so. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, people in my little town are good about that, too. Uh, a lot of them know where I am, but they don't say. and yeah. You know, they just don't say. Uh, West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, yeah, Art, I was surprised a couple breaks ago you played What a Wonderful World, and not too long ago I sent you Willie's uh, rendition of it. I love that song. Yeah, I wish you would have played that tonight. Uh, my question to Willie was uh, if he's reviving that song at all since it's becoming popular once again, because his rendition is quite uh, original as well. Yeah, I love that song, Willie. Well, yeah. thanks. I do, too. And, uh, of course, I learned it from uh, some, uh, some Satchmo's record, and uh, uh, he does such a great job on it. I had a lot of nerve even trying it, but I liked the song so much I did it anyway. Uh, there's just so much basic truth in that song. Yeah. Uh, it's a funny thing. Uh, I sat here sometimes during breaks. You know, I've I've got these four or five minute breaks, top and bottom of the hour. I play music for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it sets my mood. Yeah. It absolutely. sets my mood. Um, you know, somebody's asking here, and I'll ask: Have you ever had any any experience with? Uh, we sometimes talk about ghosts or spirits here. And I'm not altogether sure what happens to a person's spirit, you know, after their body's gone. Uh, have you ever had any experience that you could not explain uh, with regard to something like that? No. Uh, not really. Uh, I believe other people do have them, but I've never had one. Uh, that's me, too. Except that I can feel the presence of those who have left, I think. I mean, it's not like some misty white thing appearing or something. Just they're with me. Yeah, and but it doesn't it doesn't appear to me as a ghost like yeah. thing. It's a, it's it's a more of a natural thing. Yeah, it is natural. Uh, that's right. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson in a marathon now. Hi. Yeah, Willie, I'm calling from Somerset, Kentucky. Hey, this is Mike. Uh, are you coming to Renfro Valley anytime soon? Well, I'd like to. Is that still going strong? Yeah, it's yeah, it's doing pretty good. Um, I had a question to ask you. Uh, do you ever do anything with David Allen Coe anymore? I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, I think the last time I saw him was uh, the Fourth of July picnic. Oh, really? Last year. Uh, I don't know what he's into these days. Really? I I have a lot of his old, your old albums, his old albums, and I think the songs you've done with him are great. Thanks. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, is he still recording? I guess so. I think he is. I'm not really sure. I hadn't talked to him in about a year. Well, Willie, I appreciate it. I hope you get around to Info Valley. I hope so, too. Tell him hello up there. Okay, sure will. Well, there's a lot of places to go, aren't there, Willie? Yeah. A lot of places. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Willie Nelson. Good morning. Hey, glad. I'm, I'm glad I made it through here. Let me kill my radio. Okay. Hey, Art. Hi, Willie. How are you guys doing? All right. All right. 
Hey, I just wanted to ask Willie and actually thank him. Um, how did he, and he touched on it earlier, how did he and Julio Iglesias ever get together? Because they seem to be just diametrically opposed to each other. I know, I, know, I thought the same thing. <laughs> Julio Iglesias is the uh, international playboy, you know, and Willie Nelson is the down-home country boy. It just, it just seemed like a... Well, I was going to say he was a national, uh, the national playboy, if you know, so maybe that's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> the whole thing is, um, you know, I'm in the military, and every now and then, you know, you get called to do talent shows, you know, for your Christmas party. You know, we can't afford uh, professional entertainment usually, so you just get to get a, guy, a bunch of guys from the outfit, uh, you know, go on, act crazy, and, you know, there's your show, right? Well, uh, I always usually win because I do the Julio Iglesias and the Willie Nelson uh, song. <laughs> and uh, I kind of like end uh, my act with it. It was kind of funny, though. I just wanted to hear from Willie how he got together with Julio and who originally had the idea. Yeah, I mean, that is a pretty good question. It seems like you're two very, 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 very different people. So how'd that happen? I was in London, and uh, I was listening to the radio at about 3 or 4 in the morning. And, and <laughs> in London, at that time, you could only get a couple of stations. And... Uh, there was a BBC, and then there was a BBC one, and, and uh, but that was about it. But I heard this guy singing, and uh, I told Connie, I was married to Connie at the time, and I said, Connie, a great singer, in it? And she said, yeah. And uh, so the next day, she went down and picked up his album, because the guy said, you know, I thought I had discovered somebody. I didn't realize the guy had already sold 100 million albums. But so I called... My manager, Mark Rothbaum, and I said, see if you can find out anything about Julio Iglesias and if he wants to do a song with me. So at that time, he was in Los Angeles doing uh, his first session that he'd ever done in uh, this country. And uh, when Mark ran down his manager and uh, found out where he was and they asked him if he wanted to do a song with Willie Nelson, he said yes. So he came to Austin, Texas, brought a track of To All the Girls to Austin, Texas, to my studio. And we went in there, and I did my voice. He put on his voice. And then he went back to L.A. and spent another, I guess, 90 days uh, working on his part because he wasn't satisfied with his English. And uh, that's the way it happened. Boy, classic. The whole thing has been classic. Willie, we're out of time. Good. I mean, I don't mean good. <laughs> I mean, like, you've, you've hung in there for the entire five hours. What a total pleasure it's been. Same here. When, when you come out, play some golf here in Pahrump, uh, we'll get together. I'd love to do it. Willie Nelson, uh, thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Take care. All right, bye. Good night. That's it, folks. That's all there is. I'm Art Bell. Good night. I was a highway man. Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The bastards hung me in the spring of 25 But I am still alive I was a sailor 
Back again and again and again and again. And again. 